we look into the new year some trepidation like this what Patrice was speaking about that's really true there's some very real needs in this in this church we're not just all like yay some people really need homes some people really need provision some people really need healing um so we're looking into the new year um not overwhelmed by what our needs are but being understood that our God is bigger amen and our God hears us amen so take that with you no matter what you're facing into our God is able amen Amen. So we're going to continue in the spirit of worship. We're going to give our, um, our offering bags out. God has been so good to us in Liberty. Do you know, you are part of Liberty Bray here this morning. Right now, there's people meeting in the city, in our D Street. Um, and in Lesotho, we have Liberty Lesotho. And this evening, there's also going to be a meeting in uh, Liberty Clondalkin. So you're not just what you see here. We're part of something way bigger because our God is bigger. Amen. And part of that, this... Um, Today we have very exciting visitors. If you didn't hear me, we have a church in Lesotho. Lesotho is in uh, southern Africa. It's a country inside South Africa. And of all the things that God would call us as a church to do, he called us to plant a church in a country called Lesotho. You couldn't make that up, could you? And he called all of us to do it, but he called two people out of our congregation. They're going to speak, going to share this morning. So I'll be really excited to hear. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. Chris and Sheila, Dylan are here. They have moved to Lesotho. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm part of the church. You know, I support, I pray, but I still get to go home to my little house. <laughs> they full throttle moved wholeheartedly uh, their lives to Lesotho and are living there and just it's really exciting what God is doing. I can't wait to hear. So they're going to share. They're going to be sharing later on today. So the offering's gone. So we're going to pray over it. God, thank you for every cent that has gone into that basket, Lord. Father, we should not be able to do the work that we do with the, with the amount, Lord God, that you've given us, Lord God. But you multiply. You provide, Lord God. And Father, in faith we speak, Lord God, we want to make your name famous in this town of Bray, in this city, in this country, and further afield, Lord. Multiply it to do what you want to do, that your name will be glorified. Not a man's name, not a church's name, but your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to let the kids go. If you have a child of primary school, or say two or three, come on into kids' church. Annie's going to take them out, and then I'm going to take over. So kids' church out the door. We're going to have a games day. Are you, does anybody else feel that it's a little bit part of like the wasteland? I had to actually remember, like, what day is it? Oh, we have to go to church today. That's kind of good. May have forgotten that. Could have got myself into trouble. So we're all a bit relaxed. So we've one announcement that I'm going to go through. Um, Small groups hangouts are going to start off in the new year. So um, we'll start with them. At the moment, we're just, we're in the wasteland. (laughs) We're just going to chill. But one thing that we really want to talk about, in the new year, Liberty is starting something that's really exciting. We're going to read together. So not just Liberty Bray, Liberty City, Liberty Kondokan, and I assume Liberty Lesotho are going to go through it as well. We're going to read through the whole of the New Testament and the Psalms together. And it's not just going to be something we all do at home. Everything that we're geared to as a church. So the sermons are going to be about what we've read during the week. The small groups are going to be chatting about all the material. We're moving forward all together on the same material. Now, that seems like quite a lot. Has anybody got? Can you read that? It's kind of hard, kind of small. So um, there is exactly enough chapters per day in the New Testament, the Psalms, to get us through the whole year. So 
Rob and Malachi have done an awful lot of work putting stuff up on the website. So if you are old school and you like to just get your Bible out yourself and you like to tick, there's a list there, you tick it each day. If you need a bit of help, a bit like myself, you lose things like this. You can go onto the Liberty website, which is www.libertychurch.ie forward slash Bible. And it'll remind you what the reading is for today. And every few days, Mal has done an awful lot of work. We really need to thank him. And there's some videos there of a recap to help you to go through the thoughts of the chapters that you've read for the last few days. And our idea is that we're all moving and growing together. And we all are able to chat through this stuff. If there's something you read and then you're like, didn't quite understand that. Because sometimes if you read something just on its own, there's no context and you might need someone else who has a bit more knowledge to come along. So we're sharing, we're growing, we're, we're teaching together. And then the sermon each Sunday will be on what the readings have been through the week. So I encourage everybody to take one of these. They're up here on the piano. Take one home with you. We will have you berated. You will not forget that this is happening. But let's be part of it together. It doesn't matter if you miss a chat, if you miss something. Don't let it be a giant to-do list. Let's just grow together. Because the word of God is living and breathing. And it transforms us. And one of the favorite descriptions of the Bible is it cleanses us. It's the new year. I need a bit of a cleanse. Spiritually and physically. (laughs) Amen. So let's start this cleanse together. Amen. Amen. So do you have anything you want to say? You want to introduce? Come on, Rob. Rob's going to introduce Cool. So um, we're going to to set up the guys kind of like interviewee style here and make them sit on the stools and uh, so you can see them, right? Um, and, cause, and just get them to tell like their stories. And if you have any questions, I'll leave a little space at the end that you can ask the questions um, about, oh man, February 2018. Was it that you guys were here? Um, it was March you were sent out. But February 2018, I think it was like the, the first or the second week in February. And uh, after church, so we just sent out Chris and Sheila from Bray. We prayed with you guys and we're sending you out. And uh, after church, we were driving, Patrice and I, our car was parked down there reverse. We were driving back down Florence Road here past the building and I was like Patrice if the Lord wants to take us home today you can because I feel like I feel like we've probably done the most significant thing we're ever going to do in the Lord in sending out you guys and honestly I was like you know I've always been like a driven guy I've always been like ambitious want to achieve this want to achieve that but like just the satisfaction that day driving home is like if this is what we were put on the earth to do for this moment to get behind uh, this couple who are giving up their lives and moving out to Lesotho to be able to set them apart pray with them and bless them and send them out then then thank you Lord that I got to do that and um, and it's been incredible. And as incredible as that day was, um, we've had what like 20, 22 months of uh, more incredible days after days. And uh, I'll get Chris and Sheila up to share. Can we give them like the biggest, like most honourable round of applause we could ever give? Um, Chris, Sheila, come on. We love you guys. Have a seat. Um, we. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, it's a bit awkward on the still. Is everyone, does that work? Does that work? Okay. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to spend like you'll have heard me tell stories about this auto every time since I, I came back. And uh, but just maybe, maybe start us through, guys. Start us through like uh, like how did it feel getting on the airplane, going over to Lesotho? How did it feel getting off the airplane? What were the what were the first the first days, weeks, months like? Listen. <laughs> Uh, well, for a start, it's good to be home. Um, but um, it's good to know that uh, we have family here who support us, and we have family now over there, and it's grown uh, continually. But um, 
when we when we first got this um, vision from the Lord, um, the Lord was giving us kind of every scripture you could find on um, on patience, and um, we were kind of getting very impatient with it because uh, if you remember the last time I spoke here, I was I was telling you that um, the Lord had um, impregnated me with something, and um, it wasn't even my baby. That the baby belonged to Liberty, but I was carrying it for Liberty, and. Um, to go out there um, carrying this baby and now to think that this baby is nearly two years old. And um, and and uh, I remember just when we arrived in Lesotho and it was lashing down rain and we were thinking, uh, what what is this? Like, this isn't the land that we were talking about. We were used to sunshine and everything. And uh, it was just these rainy days and... It, it was kind of a different scene and, and myself and Rob and Patrice and Sheila went up and we, we looked at the land, we, we got around this broken well that was there and we prayed, um, we prayed stuff like this would be a place where people would meet and uh, they would get living water and, and all that stuff and to be in that spot now, there's a church planted right on that well where we prayed these prayers. And uh, on that day, it looked as if um, there would never be anything there. But we hang on the promises of a, of a living God. And, um, and like, it was like, um, it was like just to be there now and look at that and remember them prayers. And you're saying, God was here all the time. He was here all the time. We just didn't see him. He was here all the time, and um, and even even in stuff we went through. You know, you know when you know to say when when you're weak, he is strong. But the Lord propels us in our weakness, and He pushes us forward in our weakness. So all the time we're going through this weakness. When Robin Patrice went back, and we think this will never happen. This is harder than I thought, and we're just Lord. We can't do nothing. It's He was propelling us forward. Um, in his strength, because we were trying to do it on our own, but in his strength, it all works out, and he he meets you in the place of your responsibility, and um, and he was after giving us a responsibility to give birth to this baby, and uh, to carry it for Liberty Church, and uh, we knew we had that responsibility, and he made us there in our responsibility, and um, and it's just. Um, it's just great to see where it's going. And we, we know there's more because God has spoke to us stuff that there's more. It's bigger than we know. And uh, when the Lord speaks stuff like that now, I don't think small. I think big because I know we've got a big God. God and um, I know he doesn't mess, mince his words. There's no messing about with, it, with God. Have you anything to add to that? <laughs> well, Going back to the question of um, how did it how did it feel that day, was it was a mixture of emotions, wasn't it? But we had Robin Patrice with us for the first week, but when we got to the airport, leaving our children, all of us crying, and that was something else. And then we arrived with having Robin Patrice, and it was just felt like that we were there for like normally a week or two or ten days. But then they went back and we looked at each other and we said, "What now?" 
And we both broke down crying. And then we got up and we said, no, come on, let's do it. This is what God has called us to do. And from then on, it's just been amazing. It's just like, it was like, it well, it is our plan. It was his plan and purpose for our lives and our calling. And so when you're in that, it just felt like we were at home then. Once we said yes, when we arrived and we got over the shock, <laughs> it was just life then. It was just, everything was life after that. It was just, you were here all the time. It was it was just meant to happen. It was just amazing. Um, I have well, a million questions, right? I know all the cool stories, so I just wanted to tell them all. Um, but... Uh, so just tell us a little bit, I mean, like, so people who may not, maybe not even know what we're, what we're about there, we set out to build homes for orphaned, vulnerable children. And, and this thing has like, taken off in a way that you couldn't, you couldn't imagine. Like, we were on a site two years ago that was empty, had one broken well and an empty site. And just, just maybe, Chris, just quickly even tell us what you guys have managed to build over the last couple of years and what it's, what it's looked like doing that. Uh, well, when... Um when Rob and Patrice went back, we st I started going around pricing all the materials for to get going, and I didn't know when this was going to happen. I was in contact with Rob, like, all right, um, will we start, will we go? And he was saying, yeah, whenever you feel ready, just get all the prices, get uh, get um, the notice in that you're what, what you need to start. And, and we got going with it. And we started with um, a kind of a shed, we were building for the tools and for security to stay on site. And um, when we went up to build that, uh, we took on a guy called Putz. So he's a local. He was a local lad with a wife and three children, and um, he's been with us ever since. He's just an amazing guy. Um, he didn't know anything, but no, he knows absolutely everything. But um, when we turned up that morning and the bricks arrived and Puzo arrived and we started digging out the foundation. Um, we had a lot of people from the village coming around. They were all looking for work, but they were also all laughing at us. Who is this white man in the middle of a mountain with a pick and a shovel? Where does he think he's going with this, you know? And um, and I could, I could see the laughs and I could see all the guys hanging around and just coming to laugh at the white man with a pick because I, I did... They don't see too many white men working over there. and uh, But we got that up, and then they started kind of to accept that, okay, this guy's a grafter. He's going to get something done. He's going to get a job done here. And um, then we started the foundation for the houses, and uh, you could turn up in the morning, and there'd be 20 guys lined up with trowels and tools and everything, and we didn't, we couldn't afford to employ people, so we were saying, look, we we can't. Like you, you have to go home. We have no work for you, and um, and then that made them laugh more that I was going to build all this on my own, and uh, but they they went away laughing. But then as the months passed, the houses went up, and um, so we had our first two houses. We had the shed built. I remember Sheila when we were doing the shed. It, there was no um. There was no tiles there, and uh, it was just me and Puzo and all the guys hanging around, and um, Sheila had to get uh, sheets of plastic and put them around the fence to use as a toilet in the middle of the mountain. <laughs> and uh, she was six months without a toilet, and she was keep saying to me, "Just when are you going to build the toilets? When are you going to build the toilets?" <laughs> but uh, she got through it, and um, 
and like th there was some amazing stuff like that happened. It was just uh, look, even the people who who came to help us when we were sorting out the well, um, the Lord was leading us to places um, with these people and just making connections. And right where that well was, Rob, we led them to the Lord. The guys who came down to do the well, we led led them to the Lord by the well. Um, there was other guys came down by the well. We led them to the Lord within the first four weeks or eight weeks. Uh, we led about 30 people to the Lord yeah, because the Lord was calling on us um, to do this. And um, the doors were open. People had seen that we were different and um, that we were carrying something different and we were just carrying the love of God with us. That's all we were armed with, but that, that's enough. Um, so um, anyway, we got the first two houses done and uh, then uh, we had meetings with social development um local chiefs, local police, and uh, they were all so cooperative um, in everything we'd done because we told them straight out, there was no messing, there's no holding back that this is from God. Um, everywhere we went, we speak the name of God. We say uh, we were sent by God. It's Jesus is, has called us to this mountain. And uh, the Lord just gave us, um, he gave us a word that his love was going to flow from the hills of Halabesa into the whole of Lesotho. And we carry that, and like we still mention it every couple of weeks, that the Lord has chosen this place to shine his light and for his love to flow into the, into the whole of Lesotho. And, um, and people just loved us for that. The community fell in love with us. Um, you know, they accepted us. They, they wanted us to be part. They told us, like, you're part of a family now. That's it. There's no going back. Um, they cut out a piece of land for us and said, yeah, we want you to live here. Do you know, this is your land. Um, anyway, we got the first two houses built. The kids... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I can't... Um, <coughs> I keep breaking away in different directions. God is so good, I'm telling you. Um, but um, we built the first two houses, and then... Uh, we got a call saying our first two kids were coming and um, uh, Puello and Carabo arrived from uh, two brothers from a broken home. Do you want to share? Carabo and Puello. Carabo and Puello, two brothers that arrived, they were found abandoned, hungry, in a real bad place, shack. And uh, the school said, like, they seen that they were starting to get, like, looking for food everywhere eating a lot, um, start b getting bu bullying then, they were starting to get into to try to defend themselves because people, because they were dirty and, they, they, you know, they were in a mess anyway. And when they came, the police came to take them. The, the, the oldest boy, Colabo, bit the policeman's hands because he really felt that he had to protect the house and he hadn't to leave it because his mother's boy, mother's that left, he, she left him with a boyfriend and the boyfriend used to... Um, give them drink and and beat them severely and and um leave them like that so he he was so scared he had no fingernails on his hands he had them bitten away and he came and they said oh, he's really really bad like has he, he bit our hand and all he's adamant that he'd stayed there even though it was in bits he was so scared but when he came, I could see, I just followed him around and went over to him, put my arms around him. I said, do you feel scared? 
and rent yes as i said there's no need to be scared here you're going to be loved here you're going to be well loved you're protected the people around here all just load the children and they love it here and you're going to love it here and you're going to have a great time here with that you just start trusting i said trust me i'd put my arms around him and his brother and we just we just had that connection he believed me trust me and that boy, I tell you, is just the most amazing boy. He said he'll never leave here. He no way. He loves Halabasa. He feels secure. His nails are grown. He's just a he's a good boy. He was sobbing his heart out when we were leaving, but he's in good hands. And Fatty Brown and Celia are just beautiful, you know. So that was them. That was our first two. But the day they arrived, wasn't it? Caroline Sharp put up on the thing. The day that they arrived, and Carabo means um answer and our first person that we got uh, which is put so that christopher explained to work he was actually a security man but he's a builder now <laughs> his name was question right it puts so means question and carabo means answer <laughs> so he was our first child and well brother as well but um it's just amazing how the means of names over there is amazing and it just got showing you stuff but the first day that it was the day that we uh built uh did the foundations wasn't it the fa the days the day of the foundations yet yeah, when we said was the day that it was a year later that the, our first child come on the exact day but also the day of the foundations was the day i took my last tablet for cancer so God already is in it. He knew the plan. He knows the plan of purpose. He has it already for us. He knows it all. It's done and it's 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 finished in him. But he also said it's going to be very very big. That you won't imagine how big this is, and it is. It's going very fast. <laughs> yeah, tell us a bit. Tell so we have like ten kids now. Yeah, so tell us some of the some of the highlights or some of the whatever you want to tell us about them. Um, and uh, and I know also as Chris was building. One of my greatest, one of the greatest joys, right? I see the houses spinning up, and then I know as Chris was was spending time building at the beginning, Sheila was just like loving people, yeah, like Sheila was like on the site and uh, and just loving people, welcoming kids, um, talking to people, and I'm convinced that that's how the Lord used like to, for the church to spring up, because as that building worked, like physical foundations or physical buildings was going in, there was like foundations of love being built in a community by by Sheila doing a different kind of. Uh, building work. So maybe just share a bit with us about the, the kids that are there and the, the community, the people who God has connected with you, the people who you've led to the Lord and the change you see. Does that make sense? You go, Sheila. Oh, the Lord has really prepared before we even had these children in our houses that was under our care now. There, there's about, there's 150 local children that we work with and uh, we have sweets on Friday for all of them. <laughs> we couldn't do it every day, so we had to put it to Friday. Um, but we have worked so hard with them. They used to beat each other all the time. They were just so used to beating. They call it beating. <laughs> I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. And so I was always separating and pulling them apart. And I'd say, listen now, I don't know what goes on in your house or what goes on what you've normally did or outside there. Here on this land, there's no beating. It's just love. Yeah? So when you come here we just love one another yeah so i grab them together and i'd say you know i talk to them every day about love and how god loves them and what love is and 
and uh, so they'd say, okay, they call me my mumbo. They say, okay, my mumbo, we know beating love, Lorato <laughs> love. <laughs> so uh, they would come and they start bit by bit loving each other, loving each other, loving each other, all prepared before our children came. So it was just amazing how God already had it planned and done. I'm good. I love people. I love children, and I, I didn't know that God could use me. I really didn't know that God could use someone like me to love all these children. I just loved them so much, and so much that when the children was coming, I was afraid that when they'd come, that they would feel left out. So I prepared them then for them coming. So I'm here now. Now these children, you know, <laughs> you have to love them, and they have to love them because we're concerned about them. It's the community children and their children, so we're trying to put that balance in there because I've loved them for so long, and then these children come, so we have to keep the love in these ones, you know. And um, but uh, yeah, they're they're getting on great and prepared them for the for the children to come, and we have ten children now. Our oldest is sixteen, Mambo Pilo, and our youngest is a year and a half, Mamelo. You know, and they're just so amazing. So we had Crabo and Puello first, and then came Malikazzo and Dihayelo. And after that, then we had Mafa. He has uh, disabilities. He has um, intellectual disabilities and Pika disorder. But um, that poor boy was locked up all his life. He's 10 years of age. He only looks about, about size five, six-year-old. And he was locked away because he had disabilities, and it's it's really they, they don't understand that the whole community wanted this boy out of out of um, the village. They wanted him out of the village. They seen it as something scary. They were all afraid of this little boy, and he is just amazing. He's amazing. They said he's he's gonna, you know, everyone was scared. Even the house parents were scared. It was twelve years old boy coming and. He's going to do this and that. And they were all scared. <laughs> he came and there was this little boy. Christopher called it. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> the little boy gets out of the car. He's just amazing. And he has been. He was, And he's never been in school or nothing. And Emma came, which is a house parent. And she only had him three weeks. He didn't know how to do nothing. He was bouncing a ball. The love this woman has for this child is just amazing to watch. She hasn't been able to bounce a ball. He's saying two words, apple, apple. <laughs> you know, and he said he'd never speak. And the Lord said if he can whistle, he can speak. So he's starting to speak. We're trying to get him off ed medication because the doctor keeps throwing on medication, which is no good. I had him off uh, before, and he was amazing. He was just an amazing young boy. So that's Maffa. He's just amazing. Um, after Maffa then came uh, Kassan. Kassan, and he's another boy that he was up in the mountains, and everyone was just using him to be a shepherd boy. And he was—he's a really hard worker. You'd know he was used to working hard. He was amazing. He came in and he blew crap up well. Oh, they were just so used to doing nothing. <laughs> he came in, he was doing his washing, uh, doing everything, and I said, "Now he's gonna have to learn from him. <laughs> he's, he knows how to work, you know. So now they have to do their chores as well and learn from him." And uh, the high yellow Malikatsu already came. Yeah. Kasan. And then the last three was t um, Talang, which is a seven-year-old girl, um, and a brother, uh, Malifi. And the young one is Malmelo. She's a year and a half. 
So there are three little families that came. They didn't want to split them up. We usually go from three to seventeen from coming in. But they didn't want to split the child up. But they're so beautiful. The little three-year-old has the, the virus. And our 16-year-old has the virus. So we have a lot of hospital visits. <laughs> which takes a whole day when you just go to a hospital. <laughs> Do you know? But they're a pleasure to have. We love every single one of them. They're amazing. And it's just completely different now than working with the community. Now you have all this big responsibility of staff and children and so much. But it's amazing. Wouldn't change it. It's amazing what God is doing. We can't believe that he could do this with us. <laughs> That's amazing. I, sometimes I just hear us saying sentences and it just sounds surreal, but like like two years ago there was nothing there. And now there's a church there. There's ten kids who found homes. There's four houses built. There's there's like four or five members of staff there. There's 150 people coming every week for sweets on Friday. There's culture of a village changing, that you said, like it's changing within the... Like, guys, that's nuts. That's like stuff that you maybe would hope to achieve in a lifetime. Yeah, and the Lord has like accelerated it over the past couple of years. And um, I'm sure, like, for anything, you know, love always, love always costs. That's the thing. Yeah, that we go and show love and we talk about it and it's lovey dovey, but there's a cost. Love is real when it costs you something. And what have been, if you were to just share with us, like, what have been, what have been some of the hardest times over the past few years? Um, and in what ways, how did you get through them, or what did that look like? That's a tough question, but there you go. She can have that one. Um, she's very good. She gives me the hard ones. Um, <coughs> I think um, some of the toughest times were, uh, at the start, it was getting the material for the houses was real difficult, and, um, and just getting it up the mountain, trying to get bricks that work, trying to get sand that works, sieving them through baskets, trying to get the sand and all that type of stuff. That, that was difficult for us. And um, uh, being without the toilets, like I said, was difficult. But um, I think missing our family was very difficult at the start uh, until our two girls come out and they seen what we were doing and how we were changing the community. And they became part of that change. Um, they they played with the, the local children and um, they, they formed bonds with them and um, they went home knowing that we were at home from home and it made them feel better that we weren't just lost somewhere on the other side of the world that we were actually among family now not um, not just away in, in a mountain in Africa but um, and, and they, they just got a desire then to, um, to want to come back and to want to help in every way they can. And uh, even where they are now, um, they want to come back and do something with the community and do something with the kids. And um, it's just great to see that some of what God has put into us has, has rubbed off on them. Um, I think uh, as well... Uh, you know, just seeing the system over there, we had we had one incident where our um, our children there was treating. She wanted to get one of them checked up, and the doctor she wanted to get Maffer checked up anyway for his tablets. And um, she wanted to get the o the oldest one, Mel um, Mamopilo and Malikat. So she wanted to get the two of them checked out. And um, when she went to do it, all she got was tablets thrown at him, and. Um, the girls were in bed for three days. We couldn't get them out of bed. We couldn't get them to wake up for the amount of tablets that was given them. 
and Mafe ended up like that, kind of deformed. And um, so we just got on to the doctor. Uh, we told him what was happening, and uh, that was a low point because we actually thought we were going to lose Mafe. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it was so frightening. And um, we just got on to them. I mean, Sheila just gave it to the doctor. She said, that's it. We're taking them off everything. No more. And uh, so, like, the doctor kind of quietened down a bit. He allowed us to take them off the, um, the medicine, the medication. And uh, we had Mafa back. And then he had no medicine uh, for weeks and weeks after that. And he just became Mafa. He started queuing up for his sweets, the same as everybody else, you know. And um, And this is a guy that... When we took Mafa on, we had two members of staff, and uh, the day Mafa was coming, the two of them looked as if they were going to give in their notice, because they heard about this this tough 13-year-old uh, who was thrown out of a village because everybody was afraid of him in the village. And um, when he walked out of the car, and he started stumbling up like that, and he just went like, you know, Mafa's way, and uh, you just had to laugh. Like, what What are they afraid of, you know? And uh, But this guy, he's just, he's stolen the heart of Halabesa now. Everybody up there loves him. The school teachers talk about him. Everybody who, um, who, who knows him uh, is talking about him. And this guy, he was actually on the radio. Um, they were talking about him on the radio, that he was um, about the abuse he went through, about the village that he came from how the village were all up in arms, that they didn't want him back, and they have to find somewhere for Mafa. And, um, and we were blessed because we got him. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, but uh, they're, they're kind of the ups and downs of Mafa. Um, as for anything else, uh, do you know, there, there's more up than, ups than down in this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes you see Sheila sewing uniforms. Uh, I'll be heading into bed, and Sheila sewing uniforms for the kids for next morning or the school and stuff like that. And it's like, um, do you know, our kids are grown up. I thought we were finished with all that, but you're, <laughs> you're not finished with it. God says you're finished with it. But uh, it's uh, it's great to have a family uh, over there again, and. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, I can't say no more on that, it's really it. The car was a hard point as well, yeah. Chris, one time, Chris, like, did I tell you guys, so somebody came to Chris and said he likes his problem with the car, said he could fix it, took the engine out of the car and then ran away and uh, never came back. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah, so the car was a struggle as well. But, um, Look, we've been like we've been blessed, and like we share your stories each week here, like as as we hear them, like any little videos we have and clips and all. So we've been on this journey with you, and uh, and we've been praying for you. And just to give you a little heads up, like at the end, what I'd love you to do, right? Uh, so I'm not just throwing it on you at the last minute. Is two years ago when we sent you out, we prayed for you and laid hands on you. And what I would love you to do two years on to finish this up at the end is to just pray over us, um, because I want some of what you guys you guys have. I want some of that audacious like belief in God, some of that faith to step out. I want to know what it's like to walk in the purposes of God every day. I know Sheila, you said you used to say, I keep hearing you saying it, we named the project one day and we didn't even know the inside at the time, but but what's that meant to you? That one day has meant so much. Lord has really brought us to one day at a time. I mean, I remember even coming to Christian, I remember singing that one day after after church service, one day at times with Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going around dancing, singing it. And then I'm in Lesotho, and that, that one day, I mean, even every one of us are staff, one day again, one day again, because everything happens on one day over there, and he's just given us that one day. You know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. One day he has had, this day he's given us breath and us a lung to be alive, to enjoy this one day. And the plan and purpose he has for our life. Today is a plan and purpose that he has for today for your life. What is it? Open your hearts, open your eyes, open everything up to what have you got for this day? Because do you know what? He's really brought us to that one day over there. He's given us that. No, tis what today, even the hospital, when we go to the hospital, it takes that day. Well, then that takes that day. There was one time when Christopher was like, <laughs> he's supposed to be there at nine, and then, then it was nearly four o'clock, and he's still doing it. And he says, come on, just pray. And we just kept praying. And that day was the best miracle day that we ever had. And that was, he was showing us about that one day. What about that one day? Come here, tomorrow has enough of its own. Yesterday is gone. Today is a new day. Take that one day today. Grab hold of it and see what God has. This still has the day you have. He's given it to you today. And it's been like that since we've been over there. He's a plan and a purpose for this day. That's why you're alive today. Live that one day. Take that one day and say, Lord, what have you got for me for this day? What do you want me to do this one day? And that's why we've been living in the Zuto. And that is the best thing I've ever got over. Of this whole project is living that one day. And I'm so thankful for that name of the one day over it. We didn't know how significant that one day meant. But he's, that's what he's doing. And if I have to share anything, I'll share. Take that one day. Take that today. Live that one day for God. Give it to him. Surrender everything to him. It's an amazing. You know, he said at Jeremiah 29:11, He has a plan and a purpose for our life. You know, and that's it. He already knew he had that plan and purpose for your life. So give it that one day and see what that plan and purpose he has for today. One day at a time. Um, can I just add to that that, you know, uh, Rob says, like, you want some of what we have. We all have it. We all have it. He's given it to us all. And um, the problem is that we've got to step into that vision that he's given us. We've got to step into it because he's given... I, I was carrying this for a long time and I remember even with Annette, when Annette was teaching us in Liberty, I was always sharing about Lesotho and she was always encouraging me. No, he's given it to you, go forward with it. And she'd be telling other people, listen to what he has to say, listen. And um, it's carrying that. You've got to carry your vision. And you must remember that, um, let's put it this way, Noel... Noel had a vision for the barn, to have the barn saved. And he saved the barn, right? He started there. He gave him a vision then for liberties. And he carried that until the Lord gave him a vision for the city. Then the Lord gave him a vision for, for Bray. He gave him a vision for the nation. Then he gave him a vision for the nations. You see, you've got to step into the first vision he's given you before he'll open up to the other ones. And then on top of that now, our vision is leaning on Noel's. If Noel didn't step into his vision, our vision couldn't happen. Do you know? We have to step into Noel's vision. Rob, we have to lean on that. Rob has to lean on it. We have to lean on what Rob and Patrice are doing here because it's the one vision, but it's breaking out in different areas. And... If they don't step in their vision, 
our vision is lost. If we don't step into our vision, we're stopping somebody else's vision from going ahead. If we didn't step into Lesotho, in Tati Brown, wouldn't have a ministry in Halabasa now. Do you know? So we're all leaning on each other's vision, and then he grows your vision. But you've got to step into your vision. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's, uh, let's receive that as they pray over us. I want to, there's something in you that just says, Lord, I want I want to go on an adventure with you, Lord. I just, like, I want to be just treading water. I remember hearing Chris and Sheila speak and they were like, there we were back in Dublin just striving. Just, you know, day after day blurring into each other. And then they move over to Lesotho where days come alive and, and God does more in a day than we can do in all our striving. And Lord, I want to walk. I want to walk in those days. I want to make myself available to you each day. And uh, I, want, I want to step into whatever it is you have for me. If that's in your heart, I want to step into whatever it is you have for me in the way that these guys have. Um, I'd ask you just like, let's just open up our hands and uh, receive of it as I ask them to pray over us. Uh, Father, we just, um, we just thank you, Lord, that you've, um, you've instilled a vision in each and every one of us, Lord. And, uh, and uh, Father, I just remember even in the lower times, Lord, when Sheila was going through cancer, she held on to the one thing that she was going back to Africa, Lord. And Father, we just ask you, Lord, that no matter where people are now, Father, here this morning, Lord, that um, no matter what they're going through, Lord, that you would encourage them, Lord, in the fact that you've placed a vision, Father, in their hearts, Lord. Father, that you have a plan and you have a purpose for their life, Father, and you're going to propel them forward, Father. Father, if they're weak, Father, you will be strong, Father. Father, that they'll just allow you, Lord, to move in their lives, Father. Father, that they'll hand it all up to you, give it all over to you, Father. All the worries, all the cares, all the striving, Lord. Father, that you just come, Father, in your might, Lord. Father, give them dreams, Father. Father, you said in your last days you'll pour out on all flesh, Lord. All flesh, Father. Father, you've started already, Father. Father, we just ask you, Lord, to pour out your, your plans, your purposes, your dreams, your visions, Father. Father, over this year, Lord. Let hearts change, Lord. Let mindsets change, Lord. Father, let's see liberty, Father, come alive, Father. Father, with what you have for him, Lord. Father, I remember Rob and Noel praying, Lord, for, for the, this congregation, Lord, that, that they'd, they'd be book writers, they'd be dreamers come out of here, Lord. Um, that would be songwriters come out of here, Lord. Father, you have it all, Father. All you want, people, Father, is to grab hold of your vision, Father. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you'll enlighten that vision, Lord, that you'll open their spiritual eyes, Lord, to see what you have for them, Lord, this year, Lord. Father, that uh, you've, what, what you've given us, Lord, is just so much more than we could expect, Father. And, uh, Father, we just ask for the same for each and every one of us, Lord, because there's none of us one above the other, none of us any better than the other, Lord. So we just pray your hand, Father, upon each and every one of us, Father, that you'd propel us, Father, Father, that you'll find us, Lord, in, in the place of our responsibility, Lord, that we take on the small things for you, Lord, and, Father, you, you bring us up and you give us greater things, Father, greater things, Father, as, we, as we're... Um, as with these few talents that you give us, Lord, that we put them into use for you, Lord. And, uh, Father, you just add more talents to that, Lord. Father, we just love you this day, Lord. And, um, and 
was so glad, Father, that you're in our lives, Father. Uh, when I go back to where I was without you, Lord, uh, there's nothing there. There's nothing there, only darkness, Lord. And I see the light that you put in front of us and the vision that you've given us to go forward, Lord. And we're just so thankful, Lord. And we just pray that vision for everybody's life, Lord. Yes, Father, we pray for every man, woman, and child, every family represented here today, that they step in and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it, and I will use this day for your glory. Father, Dar, just step in it today and say, Father, here I am, use me. And Father, how that brings life, life in all its fullness, life, eternity, life, Father, connected to the Father, the tree of life just branching out in every direction, Father God, and there be no stopping life, Father God, there be no stopping the Father God that will flow today, Lord God, and she say, here I am, and thank you for this day. And Father, that they will just say, Father, today, that, that when Jeremiah 29, 11 said, for I know the plans I have for you, so, Father, you know the plans and the purpose that have, you have for each and every one of them. I ask that you reveal them, Father God, starting from today, Lord, one day at a time, that they will release them days unto you, Father, and fill out the life that you have planned and purpose for them. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise and honor and glory to your holy name, Lord God. To your holy name, Lord God. To your holy name, Lord Amen. So, Father, we bless you. We bless Chris and Sheila, Lord. We lay hands on them again, Lord, and thank you for everything that you've done in them, Lord God, and through them, Lord. And we pray the increase, Lord God. We, we, we bless you, Lord. We pray they continue to walk one day at a time, Lord. I pray over, guys, you know, Sheila's mom is sick, and they've been home for a couple of weeks, and um, her mom is suffering with her, her mind, and... I know it's just been a tough time and a distressing time. And Lord, I pray that your peace would be over that household, Lord. And I pray wholeness over Sheila's mother, Lord God. And I pray healing over her mind, Lord. And I pray peace over Sheila's heart, Lord, and her mind, Lord God. That you would look after her family, Lord God. That you are the head of her household. That you love her, Lord God. And I impart that to her today. That the peace that passes all of understanding would guard her heart and her mind today in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray over the rest of their time here, Lord, that it would be a time of refreshing and blessing, Lord God, and that as they go back to Lesotho, Lord, that we will continue to see one day, Lord, we will continue to be in awe and amazed at how great you are, Lord. You've done this in a way that only you can get the glory, Lord, Lord, because we couldn't have made it up. Thank you, Lord, for using people like us. Thank you for setting apart Chris and Sheila. I bless them today. I pray over you. God's going to bless you. God's going to keep you, guys, and he's going to cause his face to shine upon you. And he's going to lift up his countenance upon you. And he's going to give you his shalom, his peace, his wholeness, the fullness of who he is. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, I said I'd give you a chance to ask questions, uh, but then I took all the time asking questions myself. So uh, Chris and Sheila are around. Grab a cup of tea, coffee with them, and ask them the questions that you have. Yeah, Just even come up and say hello to them, and uh, tea and coffee out this way. Yeah, Let's enjoy our time with them. Amen. <laughs>